On dispensers of pets, go hang out at the cons, Renaissance fest, watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekkie, eh, sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Once again to the Fanboy Planet Podcast. This is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, sitting with Rick Brettschneider, Lon Lopez from MoronLife.com, and owner of FanboyPlanet.comics, the only place that Lon buys comics. The only place I buy my comics. Mr. Andy Mead, with a possible guest shot from Anna Warren Borsig, the CFO-COO of Elusive Arts Entertainment, the publisher of... Tony Loco and Dorothy. And we have a motto about Dorothy. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Very good, then. So, right. let's move in. Let's begin with talking about Tony Loco, because I'm told I that's haven't... D- that's not just a motto for Dorothy. That's a motto for you in my life. Okay, well, oh, okay. either way, don't tease the audience. At any rate, what we're going to talk me? about Buy Tony Dorothy Loco. and find out. To- right. Tony Loco, number one, which is coming out next week, and it is written by a certain editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, with uh, Mark Teague, who is also doing fantastic art chores and creator of the book. And I, apparently I haven't uh, promoted it enough. So you need to pimp it more. I Come need on, to pimp Derek. it more. All right, I gotta keep, pimpage. i got to keep my pimp hand strong. Mm. And indeed, Tony Loco, number one, is... Very good. We've had some great response. Uh, Mark Hamill and Tim Bradstreet both gave it a thumbs up. The, At the same time? or uh, It's possible. Oh, okay. The Comics Treadmill uh, gave it a big thumbs up today. And Wait, why would a treadmill give a thumbs up? Uh, because it travels through time. Oh, you it's, would think a tra- treadmill would give it like full speed. It seems to like me that. that everybody's read it has only had good things to say about it. This is true. And so. the people that haven't read it haven't right. had anything to say about it. That's right. Okay. Something like that. As so long as we it, clarify it. So it comes out, ne- out next week, and if your local comic book shop is not carrying it, I believe it can still be reordered through <laughs> so through Diamond Distributors. Uh, it can still be reordered. If not, you can reach, oh, you can order directly through www.elusivearts.com. That's I-L-L-U-S-I-V-E, arts, A-R-T-S, dot com. Or if your local comic book store is not carrying it, come to my store. I got it. That's right. Give us the address, Andy. 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 105. Go to Juicy Burger, hang a right. It's in Santa Clara, California. There we go. Hey, I'll ship it to you, man. You want to call me? Have I pimped it enough? I think you're pimping strong now. I am. Good. I feel very good about it. I feel very good. Anna just gave me the thumbs up, and yeah. Yeah, for for the comic store's owners, it's October 06th. All right. While Andy steps away from the table for a moment, we're going to move on a little bit to talk about... Uh, a couple of books that came out this week, now that we've done our pimping of Tony Loco, yeah. to talk about, well, just because I, I don't know why it's wrong of me to keep enjoying saying this so much, but this is the week that the trade paperback Essential Man Thing yes. comes out. And believe Finally. me, that is one Essential Man Thing. I thought Lawn was the Essential Man Thing until... How many people are going to buy that and be severely disappointed? Well, I think a few, a yeah. few, and yet most uh, people that actually are into comics, 
They've made the joke. You know they've made yeah, the joke, and they're sitting there oh, thinking it. It was Giant Size Man thing that did it for me. Uh, which uh, is good. The first two Giant Size Man things are included in the Essential Man thing, which actually be- Man thing started off in Adventures into Fear. Wow! Very good. Did anybody ever see the Man Thing movie? Because yep. that was an adventure into fear. Oh, that Woo! was that was horrible. The screenwriter yeah. actually emailed me and apologized. Mm. And oh, it's uh, oh, October oh six three five three eight for Tony Loco. This just in. All right. A horrible misprint on the postcard. All right. Wow. <laughs> so if you end up with uh, so if you got uh, any weird postcards in the mail, anyway. <laughs> Princess Dragon Knight Sakura, the manga you didn't want, it's our fault because we accidentally uh, <laughs> printed the wrong number on the Tony Loco postcard. At any rate, back to Essential Man thing. No, actually, so, you'll get a Batman Chronicles Volume 1. Well, that's not so bad. <laughs> wow. I'm. Okay, so we're ashamed. It's better that the right information went out, Anna. Beat him, though. Continue beating on him. While we uh, talk about uh, Man Thing the movie, did suck. That was horrible. That was uh, what Marvel... So it can't nearly be as bad. I'm saying the essential Man Thing can't nearly be as bad as the movie. So uh, No, in fact, the essential Man Thing's really good stuff. Steve Gerber wrote... Uh, is he the guy that does the baby food? No. Oh, okay. But that joke just could not be passed up, could Damn. it? Sorry. No, it's all right. There. Okay. Anyway, the only good stuff about Man Thing is Howard the Duck. What's Otherwise, it's just a poor man's swamp thing. Which I think that Howard the Duck didn't appear until number three of the giant size man thing, yeah. so it doesn't have Who his came first, first? Howard's first appearance. Man Who? thing. Man thing came first? Man thing came so first. So then Swamp Thing is the poor man's man thing. No, no. They, those were actually created yeah, simultaneously. They were pretty much simultaneously. It was uh, uh, Journey into Mystery? Mar, uh, House of Mystery. House of Mystery. Marv Wolfman and so you're Len Wein were actually roommates. One worked for Marvel, one worked for DC, and they both created swamp creatures in the same month. So you're saying... Thing, though, then there, there were there were two properties that were very similar, yes, and yet there were two different ideas that came out of those, kind of like something else we've been talking about recently, right? Right. The that was a good segue. That was a good segue. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know what? I think it was just like too forced. Damn. Okay. Sorry. I'm not going to go there well, because Andy is <laughs> sitting back down, and we're still on comics. Damn. All right. And Andy well, has a pick of the week he wants to talk about, and I really want to talk about. All that. right. Let's do it, Andy. Pick it away. Wait a minute. What? I just wanted to say I don't. I, I'm not recommending the Essential Man thing. No, that's not. Because. <laughs> Because Andy's already got one. All right. No. I, 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 you were going to recommend that. Yeah, I know, but I'm, you guys it's were talking about down. essential man thing. I just want to say, you guys can recommend I I don't think it's... We're not necessarily recommending it. We just had to make all the man thing jokes we possibly could this week. Buzzkill. Yeah. Get the, get the old swamp things. They're better. They are. They are. <laughs> they are. Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson. Classic stuff. But go on to your pick. The Immortal Iron Fist. It is written down, right? It okay. is written down. The Immortal Iron sure. Fist is my pick of the week. It's uh, last week, if you were listening last week, and I hope you were. Um, I was. We were talking about how taking these char- these characters that nobody like really cares about mm-hmm. anymore, and they're able to make them interesting. I think Captain America was one of the ones we were talking about. Lon says he's not a Cap fan. No, it's Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, that's right. right. Don't, um, don't get me wrong. I love me some Cap. I've always felt that Power Man and Iron Fist were basically just these throwaway characters that people would pick up in the 70s when Spider-Man wasn't on the shelves. I disagree on that, but please continue. No, I'm just saying. Um, this book made Iron Man 
instantly interested. Iron, iron fist. Iron fist. <laughs> yeah. Same, same thing as iron. Um, no, it made it made Iron Fist in, instantly inst- interesting. Yes. Is it um, a retelling? From, still, or, he's still the, got all that. And what I think is... The very first panel gives me more into the Iron Fist legend than I've gotten from Iron Fist before. Ever. I think that that's the first panel gives you more to the legend than has ever been there before, and I'm gonna. Yeah, he, it's it, in my it, article uh, on the website. Well, didn't they do a lot of retconning here, or did they? Uh, what they've done is created a sense of legacy, which Marvel does not. Does but it not, never previously exists, though, did it? It probably the the seeds were there, but nobody had really picked up mm. and developed it. Yeah, I don't think mm. it's so much retconning as filling in, as filling in, okay. which is something that Ed Brubaker, who is a co-writer with Matt Fraction, the guy who's doing a brilliant job on. Casanova, which is one of my favorite books right now, uh, the two of them writing together, uh, they both have this great strength of uh, Matt Fraction very clearly has a good sense of generational storytelling and he goes off into weird corners and so forth. And Ed Brubaker has proven himself a master of filling in. I mean, that's essentially what he did with Captain America, filling in Bucky, making us love the very idea that we all would have hated, Mm -hmm. that we all thought we would hate. Uh, it's what he's doing on Uncanny the, the, X-Men. The Red Skull, once again, is an interesting villain all of a sudden. When mm-hmm. a Red Skull was like so old and sure. done to death. And we have talked about that, so let's, but let's get back to The Immortal Iron Fist, because that's the book on the shelves today, and it's a, it's a really good book. And that yeah. David Aja, do you think that's how you pronounce it, the artist's name? Aja, A-J-A? Yeah, it's not Jay It's Lee. not Aha. It's probably It's, it's Jay Lee-esque. It is Jay Lee esque. It's just really beautiful art. Yeah, uh, it's, and it fits the it fits the story. Is the other thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and while he's uh, answering the phone, I just want to say that uh, I've been a huge Iron Fist, Power Man, Iron Fist uh, fan since I was a kid because Ditto. it was. Uh, it totally for, escaped me. All I had was the Slurpee cup. So you guys go ahead. For and tell for me. me, it was well. Honest, when I was a kid, it was one of the first books I was. You know. As, you know, as a kid, you get past comics. You don't really go out and buy them. People give you comics. Mm-hmm. And those were some of the first early books I got. So, you know, Luke Cage, you know, Heroes for Hire, you know, Power Man and Iron Fist. Maybe um, before that, the, the Iron Fist origin story with the family on the ice, the Tibetan right. monastery, mm-hmm. you know, the whole uh, disappearing village. And, you know. Yeah, and I, I think uh, it's also notable, the early runs, because of uh, it was a first Chris Claremont, John Byrne. So yeah. Uh, team before they started working on Uncanny X-Men. Right. I think even Sabretooth made his first appearance. Yeah, it was like Iron, Iron Fist, Fist 8, yeah. Iron Fist number 8, I think, 6, I don't know. But yeah, no, so I, I've always been compelled by the character, but and, and, and the thing is, you can see that it's, you know, the Iron Fist character is, is definitely a fan favorite, because how many times have they tried to relaunch, or give him his own book, or give him his own miniseries, and they just haven't found the right uh, team, or the right writer, or the right person to bring it back, or, you know, bring it around. Now I haven't read this book yet, but you know it's getting a lot of good reviews. And I'm going to tell you, I think that you're that you're going to be very happy. I I went in with no prior knowledge, not no particular prior interest, other than he had well, appeared in Daredevil. Iron Fist has been running around on the pages of Daredevil for some time. Uh, well, I will say that from, from what I've seen from the the preview issue and the other issues is that um, I, I'm not sure. I haven't, since I haven't read it yet, I'm not sure about this whole having this legacy thing. So I'm going to have to, you know, I'm a little skeptical as a hardcore fan because, you know, I'm not sure, you know, like making it more of kind of like a like a James Bond type. I mean, not like a, no, not James Bond, but like past, you know, like a, what's a mantle that like gets past 
like from hero to hero. You know what I mean? Like through the generations. I can't think of a phantom. Yeah, maybe like that. It's just yeah. a comparison. It's like not that. quite like that. Okay. It's it's a logical explanation. I I bought into it completely. I thought it was a really good book. Mm-hmm. It was not my pick of the week because I I really uh, enjoyed a revival from the old first comics days of Whisper, mm-hmm. which was uh, at the time I guess it was a female ninja book. Oh, yeah. Back in first, and Stephen Grant, had, writer Stephen Grant, has I enjoyed that. Redone it. Did you enjoy the, the first? original? Or the Sorry, I'm back now. My daughter wanted to know if she could go to Costa Rica. <laughs> I hope you told her no. I did tell her no. <laughs> Not on a school night. <laughs> so anyway, concerned now for Manteca. There's no flights from Manteca. Okay. The, the test of a, the test of a book for mm-hmm. me is I get to that last page and am. When I put the book down, do I think, wow, I cannot wait until the second issue comes out? The, 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 I guess the cliffhanger at the end of Iron Fist. Do you feel that way about Tony Loco? <laughs> yes, I got to know what's in that box. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but uh, when I, oh, yeah, that's right. The big cliffhanger is a box. When I got to the last page of Iron Fist, I thought to myself, wow. I need to know more about this. I can't wait for the second issue. Um, it wasn't as powerful as, say, like the, the last page of Ex Machina number one. Mm. Yeah. Which um, mm. my, my contention is if anybody reads that book and gets to the last page of Ex Machina and doesn't read the second issue, there's something wrong with them. Um, but, no, this was definitely – I said, wow. I, I mean, it was just like all of a sudden it's like I want to know more about Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's got an iron fist. fist. No, no, no. It's a fist. It's a fist. Unto. Like unto iron. Like unto iron, yeah. Like unto iron. He channels his chi. Okay, very good. (laughs) Can you say that five times fast, Rick? No, I can't. Okay, very good. All right, so that's. uh, I think that's that's what we're excited about in comics this week. Uh, Although we did want to mention that Guy Gardner. What's the Guy Gardner book actually subtitled? Collateral Damage. Guy Gardner Collateral Damage by Howard Chaikin with by some girl. It's one of two this week. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, one of two, and uh, Howard Chaikin writes and draws, and we agree he is the quintessential Guy Gardner artist who has never drawn Guy Gardner before. When I look at all the other Howard Chaikin characters. It's so clearly Guy Gardner. I don't know how I didn't see it before. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Uh, Yes, although Howard Chaykin is much nicer than most of the characters that he that he writes and draws. So uh, there we go. Is he he a nice guy? He's very nice guy. Very nice guy. I've never met him. Yeah. Didn't he do Viper? Yes, he was a writer on the Viper. That was a very good show. show. No, and he admits that. Okay. Howard Chaykin. Yeah, he. It wasn't very good show. He worked in television for a long time. Who watched Viper? And then realized that he wanted to get back to being a decent human being, so he quit writing television. So, uh, mm. makes a lot less money, but he says he's a lot more at peace with himself now. Mm. Yeah, so, there we go. So, that's our comic book portion. And that's it. Uh, when we come back, well, do you have something else to say? No, I'm just saying, it seems like a short comic book portion. Well, because we're going to talk about other things. This is comic book related stuff out there. Okay. okay. We're a pop culture, we're the well rounded geek. It's not just about reading. It's about, it's about totally drooling in front of a television set, which we'll talk about when we come General back. General Ed Geek. And we are back to our television segment here. We are very excited. And I'm about to tell Andy something that may blow his mind. HBO is going to do Preacher as an ongoing series. No shit. <laughs> can you bleep that? I can. Uh... What? You, you, dude, we, had, we did that twice. 
He asked me to. Anyway, yes, uh, so the, the great news is that HBO, uh, which most people would agree, that Preacher, this big, this long, sprawling vertigo epic by Garth Ennis and the guy you don't like, uh, the artist. Um, no, no, uh, Steve Dillon on Preacher was good. Okay. Steve said, Dillon on Hellblazer was good. How did he work Hellblazer in? <laughs> Curses! He's a master. <laughs> He's good. I guess when you've only got one hamster and one wheel in that head, and all it's saying is Hellblazer, you find these things out. Steve Dillon on Wolverine, not, not so good. good. Not so good. No. no. Right. I'm sick of Steve Dillon doing anything... He's done with for me. Well, we don't have to worry about that because it's television. And uh, they've been talking about Kevin no, I Smith. I hear Steve Dillon will be making a cameo. Kevin will yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith was going if to produce. If he looks like Hair Star, I'm going to pull my hair out. <laughs> Kevin Smith was going to produce years ago a a film version of Preacher. And we all know to, how good he is at finishing projects. We do know that, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be directed by Rachel, Tal- Rachel Talalay, who I guess has done one of the Pet Cemetery movies, which then, of course, bothered been, me that there was more than one. One of <laughs> You know, but Not the uh, first. But. Uh, yeah, and speaking of Kevin Smith, he is a, he, he did just release a DVD this week. Uh, Kevin Smith two evening Clerks. harder. Oh, okay. yes. I don't believe that's written down. No, it's not. It's just a segue. <laughs> it Clerks happens. two came out too. Just saying. And Clerks two came out. Yeah. Yes. And his recommendation this week is if you direct a movie that bombs, divide it into six chapters and put it on YouTube. Someone will watch it. <laughs> so there you go. But so Kevin Preacher- Smith was no longer finishing that, and this week, Lon actually sent me the link on, was I think it was a Yahoo. Uh, but, yeah, I found a but, Yahoo post But Hollywood morning. Reporter announced it, that HBO was going to develop this. So that's the good news, that Preacher is going to make it to television. He's going to play Jesse. Oh, can I, can I say Go ahead. The, they're talking about, is it James Marsden? Yes, that? James Marsden. James Marsden from oh. Cyclops from the X-Men? Yeah. As yeah, preacher. who was actually attached to the version that Kevin Smith was going to no. produce. So, like well, it. if he does do it, this would make his third comic book title. Uh, yeah, because he was in Superman in. Returns. But I think it's a good. I think he could pull it off, and I think it's a good choice. He could get that. He could sort of have that look. But also, it would be really nice for him to be in a role in which he's not the the guy that really the woman that he's with doesn't really want. <laughs> Because you know? <laughs> that was pretty much his job as Cyclops. It was yeah, pretty much his call. job right. as what about Richard Cassidy? White. And uh, we do not know who's going to play Cassidy. No, so, yeah, you're the you're the big preacher fan. Who would you cast in these two roles? Well, Andy wasn't go. happy with James Morrison. I'm not happy with James Morrison to start with. Who would you put? Uh, Ars face. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cassidy. Who do you think would make a better preacher? <laughs> we'll get back to you in a minute. Steve is uh, pouring some well, water. Steve's going that. Uh, actually, on MySpace, you know, sort of I've actually this is weird tulip. The part of tulip. There's somebody already uh, trying to put the guy with the teeth, the Corinthian. Uh, the oh, dog on the South African actress who was in Monster. Uh, Halle Berry. No, not no. Oh, that's Monster's Ball. Sorry. No. Oh, uh, Charlize. Charlize Theron. Theron. Someone oh, is yeah. already trying to is trying to start a campaign on MySpace for Charlize Theron as tulip. No. <laughs> Too tall. <laughs> You and think that uh, they can't put her in a ditch? And no. I think after A in Flux, she's probably not going to want to do another uh, comic book movie. So, or Is project. it Aeon? I well, thought that was Aeon. Either way, I she don't She doesn't know. have to do as much Who, Nobody saw it. So and, uh, yeah. There you go. Just get blown up a bit. Do you have a thought? No. I just, my, my thing on James Martin is he just doesn't strike me as man enough. He's soft and pretty. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, He's an no, actor. Look, I'm not saying Jesse wasn't an attractive man because he – you know, he clearly was, but he was a man. He was a preacher. 
You right. know, and it's like I, I think what you hey, want Martin is you, you want. Martin was an X Man, so that kind of counts. No, um, well, see, the thing is, I'd say like the um, what's the name of the guy that played Wolverine? Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Too old though. But he's got that if you could find it. And, and I know, like, quality. You know, I saw him in that other movie where like he was like a Leopold or something. Cajun Leopold. Was that him? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've seen him in that, but he he, he clearly has that there, there's no listen. There's that quality that But you know I I, I know what you're getting at. It's and like the, that and John the, Wayne quality. And the problem is that American actors just don't generate it. They all all the, the American Hollywood actors are soft and pretty. Yeah. And you have to go to someone like Christian Bale to play Batman. So we can't get we can't get an American to be the yeah, quintessential so American winner. And we can't get you know and and Hugh Jackman is Australian. We had yeah. to go to Australia. Oh man, we've been feminized. <laughs> the whole damn country. And not you, not you. What did you just say, Ryan Philippi? Yeah, because he's he not is cute soft and pretty. and pretty. He is soft and pretty. He's no. a real <laughs> you know that was Listen, Anna. You know when I when I, I start thinking about like who's the who's the manly um, American action action heroes, right? The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rock. Yeah, look at the Rock to play Jesse. <laughs> no. Um, the the guy, one of the guys that comes. Rock, I still love in my you, mind. No. Uh, Jason Stratham. Stratham? He's British. Yes. Jason yeah, no, I, I, that's one of the guys. The guy, the new guy that's playing James Bond. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. He has right? no neck. Yeah. No, he has no neck. I understand, but this guy <laughs> he seems also is missing some like ribs. a man. Yeah. So Americans don't make men anymore. They don't. Is that why we're losing the war? I disagree. George W. Bush is one hell of an MK. Let's not get into right. politics. Okay, sorry. Because I'll only have an aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, that was all the good news. We had the, co- the casting. Now, the mixed news is that the producer, the, pu- the person now pushing it. This uh, is for Preacher still, right? F- for Preacher. Right. Who's going to be probably writing and directing episodes is Mark Stephen Johnson, who directed, wrote and directed Daredevil, is writing and directing the upcoming Ghost Rider. Well, you know, let me say on this. <laughs> and wow, I think Rick, I think he just blew a gasket. I'm going to cry. <laughs> let me so, just say this, though. Wait, look at, look at like, uh, Lost, Josh Wheaton, right? Everything. But look at something like Lost, okay? Developed by J.J. Abrams or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I, what, what hands The guy signals? who played Sawyer. The guy who played Sawyer could be Preacher. Ooh. Yeah, could do it. Yeah, yeah. Too bad he's signed on to Lost for hey, five Dude, he can do it in hiatus. Yeah, you could do it in hiatus. There you go. Those oh, HBO series, what are they, four episodes? Yeah, well, that's what, <laughs> they do true. it right. They that's do it true. right. If they just if they just do each uh, trade paper. <laughs> wondering why. But he has, he has that quality. Whatever yes. it is, he has that quality. I just found out that uh, the guy that plays Sawyer is uh, actually from Bolivia. He's not American. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. That's no, just yeah. Sorry, he was, he was, he's from here. Oh, he's an American? <laughs> no, he's from San Jose. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Andy will not be teased. Oh, sorry. San Jose, Costa Rica? <laughs> okay. I'm going to look that up on Google World. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, the point I was making about Mark Stephen, is it Johnson? Johnson, Johnson yes. Um, so say what you want about Daredevil, you know, say what, you know, D- uh, Ghost Rider's not out yet. But, but this, it's made from a fan's perspective. We'll sure, this guy, okay, say what you want about his directing or whatever. This is a guy who's pushing comic properties and comic movies, and this is a guy who's getting them made. And so they might not be, you know, I haven't seen Ghost Rider, but, you know, Daredevil's all right. But it's just one of those things where, say what you want about the guy, but he's making these projects happen. So we can talk down about him, you know, about his directing, but this guy's, you know, putting these comic movies we love on the screen. So I have to give him credit for that. And my point with the Lost thing was is, you know, J.J. Abrams, you know, developed Lost with, you know, was it Carlton Cuse and the mm-hmm. other guy? Okay, and he maybe directed the pilot, 
But as the series progresses, other people come on and they give their perspectives mm-hmm. and everything else. So I think there's a lot of potential there that, you know, let this guy get it on HBO, mm-hmm. see what happens, and, and then, you know. Get Jeff Loeb's and Paul Dini involved. I'm not so sure that I'd be excited about Jeff Loeb as much as I like Jeff. Uh, I'm not excited about him. He likes Rob Liefeld. There's something wrong. With him. <laughs> yeah, he's got a screw again with the Liefeld. All right. Yeah, but uh, so there we go. You know, jury's out. We, we, we'll know when we have more information. It's, exactly. But it's something to be excited about. So I'm just excited that HBO is picking up. A, a yeah, show. because what I would, I would much rather that HBO picked up, let's say, Watchmen. Yeah, right. a Watchmen right. miniseries by on HBO would you be Grendel. Okay. I, I'm sorry, Steve. Grendel might be Ninja problem because there's Grendel a Grendel the, movie coming out. Andy, uh, that, that wasn't written down. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, you, you've gone off topic. But what is written down is... Uh, that was still on the preacher topic. Hey, you want to be on this preacher topic? No. no we're I'm gonna, saying that, that was the, me, my Grendel statement was still related to the preacher sure, topic. Sure, which was my point earlier. It's all right. But now to transition, we do have... Uh, this is the week of uh, huge Superman DVDs. And uh, so the... Like, they are they're, they're the ultimate Superman set. I'm sure is not actually carryable. This is like uh, nine unless or ten, you're Superman. Nine or ten discs. Unless you're Superman, it's, it comes it's, with it's, backpack it's, straps. <laughs> Dude, you make me want it all the more. I want that set so badly. This is me pimping out there. Somebody, somebody care and give me that set. Uh, but uh, what we did get a chance to look at this. I got a chance to look at this week. I don't know if anybody else picked it up yet. Uh, the long-awaited Richard Donner cut of Superman Two. There's a lot of talk about it in the, the like media right now. Everybody's yeah, talking about this he was movie. they because they filmed Superman one and two simultaneously, and they stopped production on Superman two for Richard Donner to get fired, finish <laughs> to finish Superman the movie. And as he says in the commentary, you know, if Superman the movie had actually tanked, they would have kept him on to finish Superman two, but because they he was successful, it was really successful. The direct, the producers who didn't like they were fighting with Richard Donner that said we don't really need him. It's the these are the same producers by the way who originally wanted to cast Muhammad Ali in the role of Superman. What? So it's not like they actually <laughs> they knew anything about what they were doing. Wow, Hollywood is so intuitive on uh, like making European movies. Guys. Yeah, and oh, so okay. this was back in the yeah. You know scandal. the thing is it's yeah. this is one of the more. I, has this ever happened before? This is the first time. This is, and this is one that's been a legendary cut because there have been, they certainly, when they'd shown Superman 2 on television, like they edited footage back in. And if I, get, if I understand the, the rules correctly, when they hired Richard Lester, in order for him to get director's credit, he had to have directed 50% of the film in order to get his name on it. So he scrapped a lot of what Richard Donner had done and reshot the footage his way. And so it's it's very different that way, uh, but they had gone to the trouble of printing it, so it was all there in vaults in in England. Right. And so yeah, they after I think enough of the crucial people had died. I think the older of the producers, Ilya Salkind, died. Uh, there were fans involved. Warner Brothers wanted to please Brian Singer. Where was Richard Mysterious Donner? Yes, Brian Singer. In order to make Superman Returns was which was obviously uh, an homage to the Richard Donner films. Uh, kind of pushed behind the scenes. And the other thing, I, I was doing a little research on this. I didn't know what had happened to Richard Lester. Richard Lester uh, voluntarily took himself out of directing in 1989 when one of his actors died on the set of The Return of the Musketeers, a movie no one saw anyway. 
Hmm. Wait, I, I saw that movie. Yeah, okay, your one? Okay, good. Oh, those were, that was original Musketeer movies were great. No, no, the three and four Musketeers, there was this, yeah. a sequel he made in 1989. That didn't have the same but cast. It, no, yeah, it did. Did it? No, yeah. it did, it did. They were all much older. It was based on doing the plot of 20 oh, Years Later. Yeah. Uh, and Roy Kinnear, who was a beloved English character actor, fell off his horse and died. And so Richard Lester said, that's it, I'm not directing anymore. Mm. So I guess he's just kind of withdrawn from public life, and so they felt safe to go ahead and put this together. And a film editor who had been a protege of Richard Donner's went painstakingly through. Richard Donner clearly uh, couldn't. It's funny because the commentary sort of says, like, I couldn't watch it. And then he knows things about the way something was shot, that there's no way he could know it unless he had seen it. But, you know, there you go. But you could say, though, too, though, that this this movie was – I mean, I've been hearing – you know, rumblings about this cut for many years. There was so. a pirate version on the available on the internet and at conventions. I but think you one can of say the, though, a pirate version. Was, <laughs> yes, with Superman had an eye patch and a parrot. <laughs> By pirate, Andy, we mean illegal. Oh, oh, pirate! I'm thinking a pirate version would be good. It would be great. Superman versus Blackbeard. But could you honestly say though this was like a fans, uh, like the fan pressure got this made, right? I yes. mean, or got this developed, so. That's pretty impressive. That, it know. is, and it's it's both a better film, and I've I've long loved Superman too. But I, I, I just the Richard Lester version was a very fun movie. Superman two under Richard Donner's vision is a better film, mm-hmm. and it actually carries things through thematically. Did they take away the cellophane? They did. S? They did. The I basic rule is that know. nothing that they did not establish as the comic books establishing his powers are there, and logically, and this is this. Aside from the cellophane thing, it always bothered me anyway. If Superman had already gotten his butt handed to him by the three Kryptonian villains, why have another fight scene? He knows he can't beat them physically. So he has to go right to the... Did he get his butt handed to him? Oh, that's, yeah. that's the same reason why they always use the wave motion gun at the end of the Star Blazer. <laughs> sure. And they do... Um, and they... <laughs> They also he also a big difference the fight in Metropolis. You can also tell the way Richard Donner did it that Superman through the whole fight is trying to take it away from the people. Uh-huh. I got that that but I got that feeling in the original version. I always thought he was not trying nearly to get as much. Away. They keep it in the city, and Richard Donner's is the fight goes out over the harbor, and Superman keeps trying to draw them away, and they keep and once they figure out that he cares about people, pull he they pull them back. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's just a, a, a and the Jor El stuff actually makes sense. Marlon Brando edited back in actually sort of makes sense. And suddenly a lot of Superman oh, Returns I gotta see this makes much more sense to me. Hmm. And yet there's a sense of frustration, and this will segue into something you wanted to talk about. That in the commentary, uh, Richard Donner and Tom Mankiewicz, who was really the writer, but he's not credited because they paid Mario Puzo and David and Leslie Newman, and they got the Mario screenwriter. Mario Puzo wrote the original 500-page screenplay of Superman 1 and 2. Wow. And they oh, and then yeah. this guy, Tom Mankiewicz, came in and just, like, cut out all the really ridiculous stuff <laughs> and made it and shaped it. And he and Richard Donner had actually intended to do what is now happening with, like, Sam Raimi on Spider-Man, is they had all along intended to just keep the franchise going and be the only people doing it. And, in fact, Warner Brothers asked them to after Superman 3 sucked so hard. That, and then they said, no, we're, we're way past this. But that they keep talking about it. And we had this idea then from here we were going to go into Superman 3 and then we'd go into 4 and 5. And they never say what they are, which just drive me nuts. <laughs> they were going to make a comic book out of it, essentially. Yeah, and they were really going to and, and delve deeply. And this is where it segues in because Richard Donner has returned to Superman officially in comics, writing action comics with Jeff Johns. 
the arc they're through in going into right now is sort of tying uh, tying out of whatever something that Jeff Johnson wanted to do. But the arc that will happen afterwards is what Richard Donner had wanted to do with Superman three. I want to cross examine you for a second. Now, did you watch this once through without the commentary? I and did. Then the commentary. Yes. Okay. So I, I did a five-hour marathon of <laughs> sitting through this beloved film. I, you know, it's Must like, have been I mean, a long Thanksgiving. Because Superman 2 was a movie in the theaters I saw as a kid, okay, a high school student, at least you know, seven or eight times. I love Superman 2. So in when the you theaters? were done with that first viewing. In theaters. You remember those things? Theaters? Yes. You were done with that first viewing? You were thumbs up you know on how many times film? I saw Star Wars? As far as you yes. Know. Well, that's different. Yeah. Yes. But the only, the only thing is, the, fr- the frustrating thing about it is... 200. Is that... <laughs> Is that the 32. way that Superman two ends is based off how they wanted to end Superman, the mo- the first one, and and weren't allowed to. So it, so things seem kind talking of about when he flies away with the flag in a way that they want something oh. something different. I don't want to give it away. Damn, okay. Although there are websites all over the place that have so, spoiled this, but you're saying the stuff they're doing right now is something Jeff Johns wanted to do, and they're going to get to the Richard Donner stuff. Yes, because wow. Um, the first two issues of this storyline in Action Comics um, just blew me away. Um, and I'm not a Superman fan. I don't really particularly care for Superman. Um, he cares for you. Yeah. He cares for us all. And he that's does. part of the reason why I don't he like him. He knows when you're sleeping. <laughs> he knows when you're awake. But That would explain the whole Santa Claus. You know, the thing is, there's a battle scene. There's a fight scene in the one that just came out. Mm-hmm. I forget the number of it. Um, it's the one with Bizarro on the cover. Okay. There there, there's a there's a fight scene in there that is one of the better fight scenes I've seen. It and it flowed, and it was very movie like. Oh, Richard Don, he's got input. I mean, he's definitely co-plotting this. And oh no, no, I'm not it, saying but... that. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying if you even have a vague fondness for Superman, because I, I I like good Superman stories. I just don't think there are been there, many. There aren't that many. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fair enough. This is one. I mean. There's a there's a part with a bus getting tossed. You remember the bus getting tossed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I just I'm talking watched to Derek. it because it's in the you know <laughs> it's in Superman too. Yes. No, oh, there's this How's part with the bus getting tossed. Um, you know things falling out of the sky that get knocked off, and mm-hmm. it's just it's a good solid fight scene mm-hmm. that actually seemed to move the. Um, it wasn't a fight scene just for fight scene. It, it actually sort of moved the story along. Yeah. Um, and so I, I recommend it. I think if you really good. read it. Well, the, a couple other of the DVD, well, everything came out on DVD this week for Superman. Superman Returns did. And I got to say, I'm not a big fan of what they did it. with that disc because there are clearly deleted scenes that we've talked about and seen pictures of, you know. From that, the Superman Returns? From Superman Returns that aren't on the DVD. And I'm really. Wait, which ones? Uh, the journey to Krypton that he supposedly took. There's oh, yeah, supposed yeah, to be yeah. more with James Karen. Well, that's not on. I thought. I thought I'd read that. It yeah, was I thought there, that was the big talk there, when the movie first came out. Right, that was the big talk, and that's what I, what frustrated. No, there so are not. So don't buy this of, one. Wait for well, the extended edition. Well, I mean, you can because edition. it's you know it's yeah. there. It's good. It will make a lovely gift. All that kind of thing, and it's part of the Ultimate Superman DVD collector set. Mm. No, seriously, again, it came without shrink wrap. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but it's getting frustrated because the Cars DVD a few weeks ago did the same thing. I get, I'm getting, I'm getting very frustrated with DVDs so nakedly setting me up for, you know, we're going to have the really, really special edition. Well, they 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 realize it works, you know. I know so that's why yeah. they do it, and it's yeah. How many damn volumes of Lord of the Rings do I have now? Right. I don't have any because so I knew there was still there's still going to be the ultimate this time we mean it <laughs> edition of Lord of the Rings. Look what Teague did for the preacher, or not preacher, but for the Punisher. 
<laughs> right. Uh, this week, I think it was this week or last week, the new Punisher special edition came out. And, and we talked yeah, talk The artist of Tony Loco, Mark Teague, But that's different, a though. New, that's that's yeah. a whole new reason to buy a movie because it's adding, what was it, like 10 minutes or something? And then, I didn't hate it. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay. The so, recommendation <laughs> gets, doesn't get higher than that. But yeah. uh, to go all the way Watch back. Watch this movie. You, you uh, might, the, uh, another you might one like they, it. Another one they released this week, and this is the first time it ever has been, is the actual original 1948 serial starring Kirk Allen. Yeah. And I watched Serial. <laughs> chapter play. Do you prefer that? I know because now he's thinking, I'm really hungry. He's all, mm, I like pie. Cheerios. <laughs> milk. Cheerios. Actually, I'm thinking about that Soylent Green cereal that Homer Simpson ate. In oh, dear Lord. So, uh, anyway, uh, the original Kirk Allen chapter play, if you Soylent will. Soylent Green cereal now with more girls. What really, what really uh, startled me was they actually like go back to Krypton. They tell the origin story really well. And it's funny to me because I've noticed this because – Superman Returns is the same thing. It's like every Superman movie reintroducing him to a generation follows like the same pattern, and that pattern is established in the movie, the the chapter play, the Kirk Allen thing. And, you know, so he does the little thing on Krypton, the whole thing about it blowing up. There are no villains, but, you know, about it blowing up, and he gets sent to Earth. A lot of people get it, I think, I mean, is it any different than what we're doing in Superman Returns now, that whenever he flies or they do a special effect, instead of special effects, they go to animation. Which now we're doing with computers anyway. Because mm-hmm. uh, on Thanksgiving night, my brother and I watched Superman Returns, and he says, "Wow, Brandon, that guy looks like he's CG, mm-hmm. even when he's standing still." Brandon Ruth is just like some perfect computer generation mm-hmm. of what. Well, Superman everything's look probably like. digitally color corrected too, yeah. so it probably yeah. all looks like. But that. but it also helps smooth out where they then go to him flying and right. so forth, you know. And and uh, you know what's curious? You talk about this uh, Superman uh, collection or whatever. Did do they make any uh, on this collection? Do they make any reference of him be, and, and I know there's a documentary, but him being in other like for example, uh, have you noticed on Saturday Night Live they do a, a Superman sketch every few years? I mean, I'm wondering if like you know they they have something that references how far spanning this character is. Uh, no, you know, you know, know the look up in the sky sort of talks about the impact, but doesn't go to places like that mm-hmm. where it's not an officially sanctioned by Warner Brothers or DC mm-hmm. production now. So right. the Saturday Night Live stuff would come. It's ripe. Oh, why don't you? You're a budding filmmaker. Let's, uh, maybe. let's plant the seed oh, for that we'll documentary do that. Yeah. now so, about the impact. Following up on that question, I've always had, I've always wondered about this. Do we need another hero? Oh. Okay, sorry. Do at this point in time, this 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 new Superman Returns movie mm-hmm. has some you know origin stuff in it. Um, do we need a movie? Telling us the origin of Superman anymore? Is there anybody on the planet? Do we need like an origin of Batman story, um, an origin of Spider Man story? Is there anybody on this planet anymore that doesn't know these characters? Well, the characters? funny thing is, they're is, being born every day. But to us, though, and that's true. No, I would go with that. Yeah. No, but I want to answer his question. I would, I would, I would agree in your way of thinking, but in the same time, you know, and you just you have you know younger kids, and I you know I got nieces and nephews, and you know teaching you know as well that I do. You sit there and you you say you say you make a reference, reference, and these kids go, "Huh, what?" And so I just think you know, seeing it from a let's say a marketing standpoint or a selling this product standpoint, you almost have to if you're going to reinvent the franchise every twenty years. Because you can't take for granted that a, a new generation does know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've been going over this with my daughter, who's who likes Supergirl. She's seven, of, of course, course. naturally. But the confusion of like trying Supergirl. to explain what version of Supergirl right. and, you know, what the origin is. Because at the time of the animated series, which I think did Supergirl the best, uh, they were not allowed to actually say she was from Krypton. 
So they had they had to say it was like a sister planet that had been colonized. So that sort of had the spirit of the whole origin. Isn't, it, isn't it great how legal like uh, licensing has just ruined our modern day mythology? Like yeah, you can't even right, tell right, the right. story anymore. <laughs> Back in ancient Rome, Hercules. Okay, so not really the son <laughs> of <laughs> but because somebody else knew owned, the son. Somebody else owned owned Zeus. So, and this is uh, happening with the Lone Ranger and Green Hornet, who are uncle and nephew. But now are owned by two right, different companies, right. and so you cannot reference the other. Yeah, what a great connection between the two, and it's gone. Yes, they're actually a great uncle and great really? and nephew. They yes. were related. Yes, I never knew that because they were created by the same person, but two different companies bought them. So now you can't put. Them Isn't together. that great that okay. just money then, has just ruined our mythologies? What about and why aren't we making any money from their mythology? What about Wait, the mystery we, of not knowing their origin? Can we copyright the put the out a. Yeah, just hypothetically, right? Say Spider-Man, the movie hadn't come out. We put out a Spider-Man movie. We put out Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Comes out first. Right. Right? There's going to be people that say, don't know where Spider-Man got his powers or anything like that. Right. Doesn't that heighten the mystery for putting that later on in the story? No one's put that to the test. I would, I would agree with you that, that, that because television shows do that all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Comics do that all the time. You get like the first five issues of some comic, and you don't have the origin story yet, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they 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 tell the origin story when they really shouldn't, like with Wolverine. But there's a, there's a you're right. There's a good there's a theory in filmmaking that you've got to you know that it's got to be a certain structure, and you have to do this. And if one thing that I would say bad about Superman the movie is a lot of people have then taken that as the template. You have right. to go back that. and do this Krypton. You have to do the Smallville section, and that's what they did with Spider Man. You have to do the high school. You have to do establish the Daily Bugle. Or and, look at like you know all the Batman movies. Almost every single one of those Batman movies has him flashing back to his parents getting shot, and you know. But uh, again, whole, a lot of people don't know that. You know, hmm. I mean. Certainly, when the Spider-Man movies came out, it was good my sister-in-law called me said, we just saw this. So, is that how it happened? <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> What's why I'm laughing is the fact diary. that they call you. That- yeah, of course they call me, <laughs> you know. We have a geek in the family. Let us use him. And just the the just the severity of the call. My, my, we just saw this. The, 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 <laughs> Did this really happen? <laughs> the funny thing Did is. Did what happen? <laughs> happen. See, the funny thing is, is maybe I didn't get a phone call, but I've had that discussion. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. I get out of the movie theater. I saw the movie theater with my mom. Yeah. We get out of the movie theater. Oh, I'm sorry. Anything that sort of involves going to a superhero movie with your mom uh, yeah. and having to explain. No, not yeah. that part. Oh, yeah, it's lame. But uh, but having to explain to a mother. This yeah, is I'm what I've loved all understand. these years. Yeah, I'm, I'm, How come I'm, I'm, he flies? I don't and, get yeah, it. She, she said, so, so the webs come out of his wrist? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, originally, Mom, you know, he, he made those little web shooters out of, out of like, stuff from a science class and uh, – and, oh, okay. So why do they come out of his wrist now? Yeah, right. Oh, they it's a metaphor for adolescence. Mm. Ooh, but I thought spiders shoot stuff. webs out of their butt. It is. Isn't it in real life? I'm sorry, <laughs> Anna is horrified by that. But yes. I'm horrified to my nephew living with us now. Let's just Well, <laughs> then you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> He's not in the room, so I can say that. All right, okay. so. Great. All right. Moving um, along. Let's, as we talk more of Heroes, uh, let's talk of Heroes, which is reaching its uh, finale. Uh, leave it's, again? It's fall finale. Yeah. No, 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 because what we were going to say is it was, it was uh, 
I don't know if it was the first time NBC broadcast this, but they mentioned uh, this week's episode that uh, Sci-Fi Channel, or the Sci-Fi Network, I guess officially would say, Sci-Fi Network is going to run a marathon of Heroes. So Andy, who has not been watching Heroes, can catch up. With a really as long as he doesn't fall asleep, a real yes, and, and then a, we're going to have an Andy, an all Andy heroes special podcast, so we can go. just they, go uh, off. So you can on catch it. up. I like that one. So you can catch up because <laughs> I've been coming talking about this with friends. How they thought that heroes was said they were kind of saying you could catch up, you can just kind of jump in, and I don't think you can no. jump in in the middle of this show. Not anymore. I don't think you can. Not anymore. It's the, the mythology is. Look, too I'm a comic book reader. I can That's jump in. You can. You may be able to. I that, don't want to though. Because you want to see the beginning. Right. The, the thing is, I could jump in and read this issue. I jump in and read this issue. I can jump in and see this episode, right? And then I'll go back and catch the, you know, catch the other episodes. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as, like, you know, just picking up an issue, like, you know, issue four of a series. And Sci-Fi yeah. Network has the trade paperback coming exactly. on soon. <laughs> so, That's what I'm looking at. I'm waiting for the trade. There we go. Indeed. It's uh, an exciting show. So we're gonna, Speaking sci- of Sci-Fi Network. Yes, I was going to say, Sci-Fi Network also announced something else this week. This is going to segue back to our... Our guest, Anna Warren Persig, the COO, CFO of Elusive Arts Entertainment, because they published a book called Dorothy, and this week Sci-Fi announced that they're doing uh, going to develop a television series called Tin Man, which is set in a play. A what do they call it? What's the O Z stand yeah, for? I, uh, the Outer Zone. So it's Oz. Get it? And Let Dorothy. Me, I would step is, out and let Anna sit in and take my seat. All right, Andy's going to step out. Uh, Lom is going to be gracious, but you know it's it's better. We'll probably have uh, more, co- more coherence. Uh, so, <laughs> you've been publishing Dorothy for how many years now? Two years. Two years. So it's a and we're at issue seven, going to come out sometime before two thousand seven. Before two thousand seven. Nice. I should mention they are of course also publishing Tony Loco. So that's the you know legal uh, disclosure thing we have to say here. And it is my publisher as well. Thrilled to be on board with Elusive Arts. And like what they're doing with Dorothy, if you haven't picked this up, you should. It's a Photoshop, what do you call it? Fumetti was Fumetti-styled uh, science fiction version of Oz. So it does bear some similarity hmm, to what Sci-Fi has announced they're going to do this week. Actually uses the exact words we use. They, they called it dark reimagining of the Wizard of Oz, which is exactly how we describe Dorothy. A dark reimagining of the Wizard of Oz. The only thing so far from their press release, because, of course, this is all vapor at this point. You know, who right. knows what's going to really happen with it. The thing I see in common, or that I see different, I'm sorry, is that Tin Man is a cop. Like, very specifically, I don't think that it's that he's actually a mechanical man. They call the police in the OZ Tin Man. Right, as opposed to our... Ten man army robot who used to be part of an army enforcing the evil queen's ways. Right. An army which is really a super militarized police force. One might call him a cop, but I think that, you know, it's a, it was really totally different. different I'm sure. So um, we're going to be following up on this story, I suspect, in the next couple of months as things develop uh, and we have insight as to, you know, what elusive arts might be that, thinking that are- in response and so forth. And you know, we have the chance to have you here to sort of talk about it live as it's actually, you know, happening. But you can't I've, I've say a thing, can I've you? I've been told by our company attorney I'm allowed to say we're aware of the situation and it's being handled. Right, because 
because Dorothy has been, yeah, very good. <laughs> Dorothy has had some interest in Hollywood as well. I, you, you, know, you mean Hollywood's had some interest in Dorothy? Or Hollywood, well, yeah, has, that's what I meant to say, <laughs> but I've been sitting next to Andy too long. Yeah. Hollywood has had some interest in Dorothy uh, for, for a while. I, I don't know how long, but I know that when we were at Comic-Con to, uh, together, there was, you know, definitely, we got a taste of that because then some of the rubbed off on Tony Loco, yes. and we're very grateful for that. Dave so, Tishman, actually, who used to be writing Partners with Howard Chaikin. Right. Dave is head of MTV. He's, he's uh, MTV right. Pictures, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, Dave Tishman is uh, one of the number one Dorothy fans who's pimping us out to uh, all the big production companies Yeah, he out likes there. Tony Loco, but it's not right for him, he props said. To so. Dave. But all well, props no, to Dave. No, Dave not cool. right for the company he brought to our booth at Comic-Con. He actually keeps pimping us. And, oh, uh, yes. We had a meeting, Mark Masterson, who's the writer of Dorothy, as well as uh, one of my partners at Elusive. Uh, we had a meeting on Monday with two separate production companies about getting Dorothy being made into a movie. Excellent. Last Monday. By the way, if you're just tuning in, yes, this is a fanboy uh, broadcast that is talking to a real live woman. So, <laughs> Oh, that's what it is. That's what this is. We're so unused to seeing them here at the table. I can't talk right now. <laughs> Anyway, so that's exciting, uh, you know, and we're, we're sort of, uh, you know, we're, we're all walking along and working together. So, uh, so yes, if Dorothy Can number seven comes out in two thousand before two thousand seven, <laughs> that's December, which of course begins with Tony Loco, and hopefully December will end with Dorothy. It'll be nice. And can we ask our guests to to talk briefly about Tony Loco? Would that be Sure. Okay, why don't you talk or? about Tony Loco? Because I'm, ta- I, I am, I feel very awkward talking about Tony Loco, though I'm thrilled and excited. Anna handed me a, a what would you call this? It was a, a this not a sample, a sample of the actual book, and it's just so cool to have a book that has my name on it. And I, I, on the front. I don't want to cry. Like I said, can we ask Anna about okay, Tony Loco? Shut oh, up. Okay, shut Sorry. All right, Anna, talk about it. The cover says Tony Loco, and then you open it up, and the first page. Just kidding. <laughs> um, On page one, we see Tony. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Yes, we do. Dang it, we do. Well, actually, we're really, really excited with Tony Loco. Um, the the initial numbers, uh, ordering numbers, have sort of got us stumped. So we think that just not enough people believe it's real, and it's uh, amazing. Which is well, that is a problem in the industry. I mean, you yeah. know, who people are afraid to take a chance on a book because there's no guarantee it's going to happen. Right, and it looks weird. I mean, there's a stuffed animal um, being carried along by a guy in an armor outfit with a nail gun in his hand on the cover. This is wait, did you just say nail gun? I have a huge uh, group nail of gun nail fetish. gun fanatics that would love that. So nail gun I'm going to pass weapon. that on around the. the and world. if you like stuffed animals, go to your Yahoo yeah. group. Exactly, my Sounds Yahoo nail gun thing. group. <laughs> Dear Lord. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's great because the reviews we've been getting from everyone online. Uh, let's see, we got bloggy blog blog. Uh, the geek scene. It's amazing. They said they, they didn't know how to take it. It's so unusual. They don't know how to categorize it, but they've already put in an order for issue two. That's, That's great. Nice. Excellent. Geek scene. Huge props from them. Uh, the comic treadmill today. Yes, I read that. Very, very excited with it. It's, it's interesting because it seems to not follow, as with Dorothy, the traditional hero route. And uh, unfortunately in comics, I guess it's just too unusual. It's not a funny. It's not a hero route. It's... It's a story. Yeah. Sorry, we're exploring a story. And it's a beautiful artwork. I mean, really gorgeous artwork. Mark Teague is doing some great, great stuff, and I knew he He would. And And you're doing some amazing writing with him. And the writing in this is is wonderful. 
Um, yeah, oh, it's, it's take an the praise like a man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. He's blushing. Yeah. It's, so it's when can so we fun. expect to, to get our greasy, grubby little hands Next on Next Wednesday, Tuesday. December 6th. Yeah, Tuesday it ships to stores that get their orders on Tuesdays, and Wednesday it'll be in-store. People who order it from our website, elusivearts.com, that's with an I, not an E, uh, elusive. Uh, we're shipping them out Friday because we got a whole box in early. Some kind of ship party going on? We are having having a party on December 6th. A release party party here at uh, Fanboy Planet. We'll be podcasting from that in an awkward, I don't know where we're going to be, hopefully not in the bathroom, uh, (laughs) podcasting. And then Mark Teague will be here with Mark Derek will be here. The artist will. It's very exciting because we've got to. We're going to need more mics. I'll get some new Sharpies. We've got to, yeah. Oh, good. And we've got to, yeah. Can we've got a, we're, we're hot and heavy working on uh, number two and uh, working on number three as well. Yep. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm. It's a bi monthly comic, people should know. So this is coming out in December. So the next issue will be out in February. Right. So we'll have the second issue in time for WonderCon. We've got this really nicely yeah. timed out. Actually, down. the first issue is going to be making its convention premiere. At the SACCON, the Sacramento Convention, right. on December 10th, uh, where I and my husband and partner, Dorothy uh, Ray Borsig, will be there at the booth. Uh, Derek can't make it because he's a big weenie. And because I have sideburns. For <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas twist at City Lights, which unfortunately is a Sunday matinee. <laughs> yeah. And I really wanted to make my convention debut as a, as a talent and not as just yeah. the, the geek going, can I talk to you guys? So... <laughs> So um, it's going to be making its convention premiere at uh, Sacramento Con, and then uh, the convention season starts back up wildly in March with WonderCon, mm-hmm. and we don't know about Wizard World LA. It's kind of an iffy. And then Emerald City at the end of March. It's going to be oh so exciting. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah, well, thank you for sitting in, Anna. And you. you can stay I'm if gonna, you want. I'm going to go by the poster now. Okay. On the door. You can sit in because we like you better than Andy. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm here too tonight. You didn't even mention me. Because you never talk when I introduce you. I'm prettier than you, Andy. They want me to hear So if I say, I'm sorry, that was Steve Simonetti. Hooray. Or as we like to call him, Crybaby. <laughs> See, he's the manager at FanboyPlanet.comics. The guy who most likely will sell you the books that Andy claims he has. So there we go. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about movies because uh, we, we talked about movies on DVD. But we will be talking about, actually, specifically, uh, Mr. Nicholas Cage. We, we've alluded to him with Ghost Rider, but he's, Cage is he's done writer. something crazy. And we want to talk more about the crazy he's doing. And we also when might we, talk about uh, iRobot, too. We might. We might <laughs> talk about iRobot because Andy's desperate. So okay. That's a tease. Be right back. And we're back. We failed to note last week that Nicolas Cage, who, of course, got himself attached to just about every single superhero movie ever made, uh, but and never developed him until finally now he's playing in Ghost Rider. He was at one time actually in talks to play the Green Goblin in the Spider-Man franchise, and then he backed <laughs> away from funny. that. He was a, a cast as Superman at one point in a brilliant uh, play-or-pay deal. I think he made $20 million not to wear the cape. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was good for him. That's a good job. But he has actually bought the rights with his production company to uh, a comic book from a company that has made a big splash, but not yet. This is the first of their, of their multimedia deals, which was what they were intending to do all along. Virgin Comics from Sir Richard Branson, uh, Deepak Chopra... Who's the other one involved? 
Garth Ennis is writing something, but I don't think uh, he's a Dr. Ruth Westheimer. No. Oh, okay. So. Though, man, a comic by her would be awesome. <laughs> uh, he bought <laughs> Very the rights, interesting. He bought the rights to The Sadhu, which is uh, a comic book about uh, a Victorian man who goes to India and becomes what is basically the Indian equivalent of a, a ninja slash wise man combination. So apparently Sadhus are as powerful as ninjas, and in India that is their kind of equivalency. I don't want to say they're the same thing because I don't want to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's one of the goals of, of Virgin Comics is to kind of get, get uh, Western audiences a lot more acclimatized to the rich Indian mythology. They've gotten some really high-quality uh, talent involved. It said Garth Ennis is writing. Uh, John Woo uh, is writing a book called Seven Brothers or the direct- Envisioning. The director, John Woo, is with Garth Ennis writing a book called Seven Brothers. Wow. Uh, Alex Isn't that an old like Chinese? Uh, I think like, it may be myth or something. The Seven, yeah, the Seven Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Alex Ross is doing cover paintings for them. I mean, they've got some really high profile. Well, stuff. when when you got the pockets of Branson, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Right, exactly. So. That's true. Because I mean, but, Ch- Chopra's doing comics. Come as on. I think that as I think that Andy would agree with me, Virgin Comics are actually also really good. Seven Brothers is really good. I have not read the other ones. I also no. heard that John Woo is uh, going to be working on Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. That's the sequel. So we're gonna. Okay. I'm looking forward to that one. It's Seven Brides with White Hair. For I've been down on. I've been down on Garth Ennis for a while. A lot of stuff Garth Ennis has done recently hasn't been very good, in my opinion. Right. I think he's become a parody of himself. Yes. Um, this Seven Brothers, John Woo's Seven Brothers, has been very. The only two issues have been very good. Um, if the rest of this, the uh, Virgin line is as good as this. The, or the quality is the same. I'd, I'd have to recommend them. I, uh, I've read Seven Brothers. I liked it. I want to read more. Okay, and the good. artwork. Who's the, doing the art on that one? I can't remember. Uh, I, I think the name might be Kang. Okay. Someone we don't Kang. read. The Merciless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kang the Conqueror. Uh, no. Uh, let's not mock him because he might be actually. You know, Jeevan Kang. Kang. Jeevan Kang. Kang. Uh, um. um there's some stuff that from ancient China, which I think is just fab. The, the artist for that is just fabulous. Fabulous. Um, it has a great sort of story. It's it's a it's sort of story. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. They also do a book called Heavy, which is kind of a straightforward superhero. They do a book called Snake Woman, which is really good. Uh, kind of a horror hmm. story, and, and it's at I actually dated a Snake Woman for a while, which is yeah. exactly the point of the oh, book. Okay. Yes, it's just every man's fear. Mm, great. There you go. But we were, we were talking that or uh, Dragon Lady. We were talking about Nicolas Cage a little earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, before we started doing the podcast, we talked about, of course, that that uh, he we envy him for having uh, a lot of money, been having a lot of money, right. but also being allowed to name his child Kal El. Mm. Yeah. You envy him for that. Well, I think there's a certain kind of chutzpah that, uh, you know, he, he took his name, because we got the Iron Fist, he took his name from uh, from Power Man, Luke Cage, because right, right. he's actually Nicholas Coppola. And so he changed it to Nicholas Cage to be like Luke Cage. Exactly. He had one of the finest celebrity comic book collections in, in the world until Lisa, And then he met a snake lady. And he and, met uh, Lisa Marie Presley, mm-hmm. who asked him to sell it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had an Action Comics number one for a while. Yeah, that's what I heard. And he I, I weep to collection. know that. He that, is so the direct opposite of Luke Cage. He is. It's yeah. not, I'm not saying it's a good... Uh, <laughs> he needed a name You know what? I mean, he, I don't think he would have been a good Superman either, but no, you know, there you no. go. 
Uh, and that's why that movie never got made, thank God. It could have been Danny Rand. There is a... It could have been. Although, uh, who is it? Uh, Ray Park. Ray Park from yeah, Darth Yeah, he Maul was cast for a while. He's supposed to be Danny Rand in a movie of Iron Fist. If it ever gets so, going. So, if they ever do. But with this got us talking about other... Uh, the, he's not the only Kal-El. This poor baby Kal-El Cage is not well, the only you, Kal-El. You, you say he's really courageous, but you know, it's not just going out in public. First, you have to get a name like that past your wife. <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> that's, that's courageous. courageous that's the courageous part. My wife is not going to spring for that. No. Oh, no. I tried yeah. to sneak Parker past. Oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't go by. Uh, you know, I was, uh, Peter I didn't like. I, yeah. I'm not going to go with Peter. But, you know, I can't go. Parker, Peter. Kent? No. no. It's not going to go. No. You know, you but can't. when you're Nicolas Cage and you got all that money, your wife really, come on, what's she going to do? Wasn't tell you no. Wasn't his wife like 19 or 20 when he married her or something? Something like that. Well, yeah. So that's the secret. Marry someone right. much younger than you who's going, okay. Right. And you pro- <laughs> he probably had a prenup beforehand, so he's probably like, I'm Nicholas Cage. And I'll do whatever prenup, I want. In the prenup, I get to name my child something Kryptonian. Right. Uh, <laughs> so definitely, if you're single, guys, right and, now, that's something you want to put in that contract. Mm-hmm. She doesn't understand. She doesn't know what Kryptonian means. means. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, you know, he's not the first celebrity to do this, of course. Uh, I believe in diversity. Kevin Smith named got to name his daughter Harley Quinn, which I kind of works. I mean, you know, she could be Harley Smith. And nobody's that's a cool gonna, name. Nobody's yeah. going to really quit. It's, it's a cool name, Harley Quinn. You don't have to know that it's, you know, the Joker's girlfriend. Harley Quinn Smith. You have to when you've got the common last name, you have to have an unusual Yeah, you do. Yeah. And we said uh, Penn Jillette went so far, didn't get a specific superhero name, but his daughter's middle name is Crime Fighter. Mm. She has a fairly normal awesome. first name, and I can't remember, more normal than Penn, uh, <laughs> so that he can, you know. And I just have to say that all these, like, you know, people naming their kids after comic book heroes has inspired me, because uh, when I have my first child, I'm going to call him Uatu. God forbid. Oh, we're gonna Uatu. 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 Yes. <laughs> after the Watcher. Oh, oh. believe me. When they, before they can talk, they are Watchers. Sure Uatu Lopez. Make sure you read the Powers Letters page this week. Because they're going to be... Uh, your child will be have a huge head, bald, yes, exactly, <laughs> big and, eyes, uh, really and, not do much. And never get involved in anything. Uh, so. Appear, yeah. <laughs> when you don't really want her there, she'll be there, mm-hmm. just watching. That'd uh, be a great Halloween costume. <laughs> baby dressed as the <laughs> Watcher, <laughs> standing there with his arm well, out like I'd kill it. <laughs> what uh, what superhero? Or what combo character would you name your child after, Andy? <laughs> Dorothy. <laughs> I mean, that would really ruin my motto. You're, oh. <laughs> you're pretty much past childbearing age, aren't you? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, because he's younger than me. It's you know, could <laughs> as, as Hunter Rose? Ooh, ooh, Steve comes in as Andy's brain and <laughs> answers correctly. And now he's king. <laughs> Hunter Rose would be a good name for a, yeah. a kid. Oh. What about Iron Man? Oh, no. <laughs> John. Iron Man Mead. <laughs> sure. One day could be Constantine Mead. Come on. Uh, no, just John. Just John. Very good. Because then you get away with it. No one would know. Right. He's secretly a magician. How about you, Rick? Uh, well, I've already got a son, but and I didn't, well, sure. I didn't get to do my... I wanted Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> the master of Kung Fu. Smith or what? Shang-Chi, Brett Snyder. Oh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Now, if you ever bring your son to this shop, I cannot look up. <laughs> I will have to call him Shang-Chi. I call my dad. My son looks like the scarecrow of Oz. Which it's means like... the rising and the advancing of the spirit. It does. Anybody wow. know Howard the Duck's martial arts name? Quack-Fu. Nope. No, he's a master of Quack-Fu. Yeah. Ah. It's Shang-Op, which means the rising and advancing of the duck. Ah. <laughs> so... 
go. Which is what I would name my child. Uh, which is why my wife's in charge of naming the children. <laughs> it's in her prenup. Uh, she didn't get one. She just has, you know. Mm. She just has you. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> I am lucky. Anyway, Dave Cockrum, who was, uh, as many sites, uh, many writers have mentioned this week, he started off as part of the fa- fandom and turned pro. One of the first guys to really become uh, from go from fandom to turning pro. And what a professional job he did. He uh, went into Legion of Superheroes. Allegedly uh, assigned that because the regular artist... Did not want. They said there were too many characters, so they gave it to this kid named Cockrum. Said, "You want to draw this Legion feature?" And Dave Cockrum, when the Legion got to its biggest popularity, where it actually took over the book that was originally Superboy and became Superboy and Legion Superheroes, those were Dave Cockrum stories. Many of the designs, the costume designs yeah, that he did, all the costumes were, uh, and that are even used now on this on the animated series that's on Saturday mornings, Legion Superheroes, were Dave Cockrum's, and he created a super team. Right before he left, and they never used them, and he went over to Marvel and was given the job with Len Wein of reviving X-Men. And so he took a couple of those characters that he had created for Legion. Nightcrawler, uh, Storm uh, appeared as uh, – there were two different characters that, were, that he combined into creating Storm. And uh, so those two were, were uh, his wow. creations. So when he got sick a few years ago, uh, he had diabetes and got pneumonia, and the combination was – was debilitating. Um, Clifford Meth, who served as his agent and has been a science fiction writer for a long time, uh, got involved. In, and actually, I can say, and it's somebody, I contacted Joe Casada because I had his email and said, Dave Cockrum's sick. And Joe Casada spearheaded a deal with Marvel that gave Dave Cockrum a pension, which is unheard of for a guy who had left years before, a pension because without uh, Dave. Dave Cockman wouldn't have had Storm. We wouldn't have had Nightcrawler. And Marvel wouldn't, wouldn't have made a crap load of money off of the X-Men films. Oh, exactly. So yeah. there you go. And well, you did a bunch of other stuff. I remember the Futurians. <laughs> the Futurians, which I, I bought the original series, the original graphic novel for that, which yeah. is a Mar- – do we have that? A Marvel graphic novel of the Futurians? I know you have some of the old original ones up there. He created um, the Star Jammers too. I think he did. Yeah, was he, he was Star he the, the artist of Giant Size X Men number one? Wasn't yes, he that was. Him? Okay, I he mean, was. And that's that's a historic book, right? Yeah. There. So, so he I mean, so he drew uh, and and yeah. co-plotted essentially one of the most historic books in Marvel Comics, right? Arguably, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's possibly Certain, the, certainly since the uh, since the sixties. Yeah. What? Howard you got Howard the Duck. He, d- he didn't draw that. He didn't draw that at all. No, and that's yeah. not the miniseries in which he's named <laughs> Shang Op anyway. Uh, so, yeah, but anyways, but yeah, so the... He finally succumbed to uh, complications of diabetes on Sunday morning. Uh, he was 63 years old. His wife, I don't know how to pronounce this, I think it's Patey, Patey Cochran, but she was a, she was a popular uh, Marvel colorist in the 60s, mm. uh, 60s and 70s as well. Uh, you know, so she, uh, they have asked that... Uh, she and Clifford Meth, who I said served as Dave's agent, uh, have asked that uh, that donations go to. I want to say this is the Hero Alliance, which used to be Actor, mm-hmm. which is the fund that provides for older artists and writers who are perhaps uh, unable to take care of themselves. Didn't get the deals. And it started out because a lot of creators, obviously in the sixties and seventies, well, and and before, uh, were screwed. They don't get residuals. They didn't get residuals. Um, you know, Stan Lee is the only one that really had the sweetheart deal. 
Right. And uh, so the hero, uh, initi- the hero initiative is that I think that's what it, is. it used to be called. Actor, that was the hero initiative, uh, raises money so that the so that the uh, these creators can have stipends and pensions and be taken care of if their medical bills get too great. Because obviously, you know, these are guys that are sit around drawing a lot, and they don't really get a lot of exercise. Along those lines, you know, you can donate X and they got a website or something you can they find. Do. Them. Yes. Um, or if you're wandering around San Diego, I don't know if they show up at WonderCon. I know they're definitely at San Diego. Yes. Stop by, give them five bucks. Um, last year, no, two years ago, I stopped by, gave them five bucks, and then had the pleasure of playing poker with uh, Len Wein and Bernie mm-hmm. Wrightson. And you won all that money back. That's no, awesome. we didn't. We no. played for chips, but so you're sitting <laughs> there. Potato chips. You don't need just one. They're not very good poker players. But it's Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson. You played poker with. But them. you want to know one of the things I learned was that Len Wein actually was an artist. I didn't realize he was an artist. I didn't know that either. He drew Wolverine. He's one of the original guys of drawing Wolverine, I guess. Okay. Wow, very cool. So, and, yeah, uh, stop by the con. They show up at the cons, yeah, and they're yeah. always doing something with the with the older guys that you know don't draw such a big crowd anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the pleasure of being s- to sit down with these guys and just chat without the pressure of, like, this long line or whatever. Yeah, no. Yeah. And plus, you know, you donate some money to a good cause, help these older guys out. Um you're not going to find a chance like that, you know. Yeah, since I started going to Comic-Con, Cochran wasn't there, but it always reminds me of one of these guys that has done something that I loved as a kid so much is that, you know, if you go to a convention and you see these guys, say hello, meet them, because you're going to really be sorry that if you had the chance to meet him, you didn't. I feel like that with Will Eisner, how I never actually get, went up to him. and. Yeah, I feel that way about Jack Kirby. Yeah, I never. Uh, sorry, that uh, I, yeah, I never got to see Jack Kirby, but I have, you know, I have met Stan Lee, and it was a, it was a great, great. I experience. smoked with Stan Lee. Yeah, <laughs> I smoked a cigarette. He smoked a cigar. It's a bonding thing. It is. Mm. I had a steak dinner with Stan Lee, and uh, you know, so I showed Joe Casada my tattoo, but that's another story. Well, there's a good one okay. for another broadcast. Okay. I, I insulted Matt Wagner. Oh, <laughs> very good. <laughs> Come on, beat that one. All right, no, I, I can't. Okay. I can't. Today, I'll think of something. I'll think of something next week. So I've uh, assaulted there, the creator of Tony Loco several times. There, <laughs> yeah, there you go. And someday you're going to be really sorry about that. <laughs> You'll see. Someday I'll be in power. I have power, and I'll totally ignore you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to ride on my coattails. And just as I soar off on those coattails, I will cut them, and they will. It'll <laughs> 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 be Andy falling miles <laughs> from the. Justice League of, of Derek. This, is, this is far too well developed a fantasy. <laughs> yeah. And it's just you, right off the did, cuff. Did, Remember, did, I have an improv background. He, so, just said, he just said the Justice League of Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Got my satellite 22,000 you know miles above the Earth. And the thing is, in geostationary that's not orbit. the first time he said that. <laughs> that is true. You, know, is true the first you time. know he said Justice League of Derek several times in the past. He's got a uniform with that. The Derek Enders. <laughs> All right, so... Um, Anyway, <laughs> so Derek please, cave. at uh, Christmas time, I, oh, I totally have a Derek cave. <laughs> it's in my mind. Oh, man. So, and that's what I want for Christmas. I'm uh, but away for Christmas, if nothing else, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, what Andy agrees with. Uh, away from the Derek if you cave. see these guys at a convention, donate money. And for Christmas, go to the website and donate money. And, and if you see me at a convention, donate, donate money. Because, uh, yeah, I oh, my gosh, those lawn need money. <laughs> but... Uh, and first by Tony Loco. That's what I was going to do. I was segueing in. Uh, my publisher reminds me. Tony Loco, next week. And we are having a party here at Fanboy Planet Comics. 27, 25. Would you say that El the Camino party Real? is going to be Loco? <laughs> it will be. Go to Juicy Burger. Take a right. Go What's G- the phone number, Andy? 
985-7481 with us 408 area code. Yeah, that's right. So if you have any comments or questions, you can email at editor at fanboyplanet.com or go on to the forums. And there's a forum for Andy to answer on things, too. So I, uh, I don't really check that, though. I, I'm just assuming that there's something in there. Derek will notify me that. I maybe. will. Okay. <laughs> Nothing has been. Nobody seems to want to ask you any questions. You know why? I'm going to ask you a question just so you have to log on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't want to know why. So there we go. All right. So uh, this is Derek McCaw signing off with... Rick, Lon, Andy, and guest star Anna. Ooh, I felt like the Osmond's Ooh. animated series there. Ooh, and Jimmy. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Till next week from the Tony Loco party, which I don't know how we're going to make that work, but that's all right. If you hear us, if you see us broadcasting from the bathroom, stop by and say hi. Are we going to have little sandwiches and clean up? Uh, that's up to Anna. Uh, we'll decide that off the air. Okay. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>